Hey guys, Jesse Newell here. Blair Kirkhoff and I on this episode are going to talk about the FBI investigation into college basketball and what it means for KU moving forward in the weeks to come after the federal trial here ends up in New York State. Also a side note, I did not plug in my microphone until about two minutes in, so my voice will sound weird to start and good to finish. So just a warning as that's coming and uh, enjoy the episode. Blair, how you doing? Doing great, Jesse. Hope you're doing all right. Yeah, doing doing well, and uh, we're going to spend uh, most of the time here on today's podcast, if not all of it, discussing just the later, latest that has come out from the federal court case involving Adidas and uh, I guess also KU when it comes to some of the allegations and things that have come about. A very busy week when it comes to that, and uh, you know, if, if you haven't been briefed on this or haven't been able to, to sift through everything, we put up a timeline on the Kansas City Star website that can kind of summarize everything. If you give it about a two and a half minute read, you can kind of get caught up, but I would say the most important things that have come out that there have been some text messages uh, between Bill Self and uh, TJ Gasnola, who is an Adidas consultant, kind of a bag man as they call him, somebody who delivers money, and uh, what did make payments to both Billy Preston and Sylvia DeSosa's guardian, as he claims, uh, or really Preston's mother and, and Sylvia DeSosa's guardian. Uh, some text between Bill Self and him, and then text between Curtis Townsend and him, and then also later on, a wiretap phone call between Curtis Townsend and Merle Code, um, another Adidas consultant type figure, uh, where they discuss Zion Williamson and what it would take to get him to come to Kansas, where uh, it appears to be that um, that Curtis Townsend had knowledge of Adidas trying to make payments to get Zion Williamson to Kansas. So that's all kind of a very short, condensed version of what we've learned this week. I guess I want to go big picture like we normally do, Blair, and uh, what do you think this all means uh, in the grand scheme of the NCAA, and what do you think this all means, especially for Kansas, as they try to move forward and navigate some new waters here? Well, as we have tried to say all along, um, as far as the you know, as far as the FBI, the federal investigation is concerned, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing there to um, for 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 Kansas, for Bill Self, for Curtis Townsend, for any for anybody who's been named in this to be concerned about it. The those who are in, you know directly involved in college basketball who are who are concerned are the, the, the assistant coaches for the other programs that were. Um, that were arrested, whose um, you know, whose conversations were wiretapped, um, recorded. Um, you know, Chuck Person from Auburn and um, uh, the Oklahoma State assistant, a couple others, whose trials are scheduled for for later. That that wasn't the case for you know for anybody involved with with Kansas. Um, to me, the the bigger question is is once. If and when the NCAA gets involved, what what happens? And nobody knows the answer. Nobody knows the answer to either of those: the if and the when. Um, my my guess is it's 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 just it'll be a matter of time before the NCAA gets involved. And um, everything that I read in the timeline that you put together last night, you know, suggests that um, you know, NCAA violations occurred, uh, major violations occurred. Um, if true, and um, and of course, uh, you know, the, these are, or at least, are, are alleged to have occurred. And then, um, we'll, we'll, my, my guess is there'll be a um, you know a letter of inquiry, and, and then you begin the NCAA pro- investigation process. Um, you know, the 
you know, the, the FBI the investigation, how much of that gets turned over to the NCAA? Does it turn, do they turn over all of it? Is that, you know, admissible for the, for the NCAA? I'm, I'm guessing that it is. And, um, and then, then it goes from there, then it becomes an NCAA issue. And that's the bigger concern for Kansas if, if and when it becomes an NCAA issue. Um, and we, and, and we don't, again, we, we don't know the when part of that, uh, Meanwhile, a college basketball season is uh, we're on the doorstep, right? Um, all Big 12 preseason team announced on um, you know on, on Wednesday this week, and polls are coming out, and much um, much uh, you know expectation for for the Kansas basketball program. But they begin this season in such a you know such a odd place, you know, with the excitement of a of a team that looks ready to you know to compete with anybody nationally, but with the, the events and the conversations in New York, um, you know, casting a, a cloud over, over everything about Kansas basketball. Yeah, and just to be clear, too, we're talking right now on Thursday afternoon, so um, if anything else comes out in these closing arguments on Thursday or a, a verdict, all those things, that it's before we talk. I, you know, Blair, I, I think I see this in kind of two different ways when, when you're looking at this from KU's standpoint. Okay, we, we talk about the NCAA part of this, and it seems like as you've reported before, that Mark Emmert and the NCAA uh, have basically been told to stand down on this until all the trials, all the investigation from the FBI is over with. And if that's the case, this is probably a matter of not weeks or months, probably a matter of years before any of this stuff would be in the NCAA's hands where they could go back and do some things. And not only that, I thought Dan Wetzel made a pretty good point uh, from Yahoo Sports a couple days ago, which is, okay, if, if you have Curtis Townsend appearing to talk to an Adidas representative about what it's going to take to get Zion Williamson on campus, and KU ends up not getting him, and Duke gets him, is the NCAA going to want to go down the rabbit hole that is Curtis Townsend in Kansas, and then follow it down to Duke, where you might have to follow down another rabbit hole, which is, oh, oh while you're investigating Duke, why don't you go investigate this school and this school? And then all of a sudden, the, the teams that are making you money, the teams that are the ones that people watch the most, are the ones that you're trying to take down, and through this whole time, it seems the NCAA has kind of been okay with putting their head in the sand and not, hey, not, nothing's happening here, nothing's happening here, while kind of raking in the money. So how much will they want to pursue these sorts of violations, even if, like you said, if you look at this timeline and, and look at it and say, hey, I think that this might be an NCAA violation, this one might be one, all those sorts of things, how much will the NCAA pursue this, especially if it's a couple years down the line? And that takes me to my second, right. that takes me to my second point, which is Kansas. So there's all this on Kansas, and they're going. If nothing else, it's a bad look. I mean, it's a it's a very bad look for Kansas. They've been uh, in the national spotlight for this for the better part of this last week, and these headlines are, are not positive, obviously. But for Kansas, you probably want to spin the conversation forward and have some sort of closing to this, so that this is not a conversation that happens for the rest of the year about this whole thing. And so. What they do in this, I think, is just as interesting because how do they try to spin this forward, even if they plan to not take very much action when it comes to uh, Sylvia DeSosa or Curtis Townsend? I mean, do you suspend Townsend for a couple games and then that way it, the conversation is like, well, he served his suspension and you move him on? Or if, if you give him a suspension, are you admitting a little bit of guilt there? Do you just not give him a suspension at all and, and basically dare the NCAA to say, hey, you think you've got something? Go ahead. Let, let's see what it is. Uh, same thing for Sylvia DeSosa. Uh, TJ Gasnola testified that he gave uh, DeSosa's guardian $2,500. If you're Kansas, do you consider talking to Silvio and Fenny Falmain, uh, the guardian, and just say, hey, look, let's self-submit 
to the NCAA that's $2,500. Let's have them give the punishment. And if we look at precedent over past years, you know, Josh Selby took $5,000, paid it back, got a nine-game suspension. Darnell Jackson took $5,000, gave it back, got a nine-game suspension. For Silvio, if you self-report this to the NCAA and they make a ruling, you're probably looking at maybe five or six games, something like that. And then once again, once he gets on the court, the first conversation in every TV broadcast isn't that, hey, KU is playing him despite all this controversy surrounding him. The, the conversation is, hey, they self-submitted this to the NCAA. He served his punishment, and now he's still playing for Kansas. So to me, this is kind of the fascinating part. We haven't heard from Kansas yet. We haven't heard from Jeff Long. We haven't heard publicly from Bill Self. We haven't heard from Chancellor Douglas Gerard. But I am fascinated to kind of see how they decide to move forward when all this bad publicity surrounds them, yet they probably want to try with the season coming up and with them being the likely number one team to spin this forward so that it's not bad publicity anymore or at least that people can move on from that when they're having their conversations about KU basketball. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State, and no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. It's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at kansascity.com slash sportspass. I think without taking some kind of action, if, if, if it's just you know status quo, business as usual, nothing to see here, Kansas, I think that's a bad look. I, I think that... Um, it, it's it's ignoring what's what's out there and the, the 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 conversation about what's out there and I agree with you Jesse I, I think I think Kansas would be smart to take some kind of some kind of action in 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 a way that you have uh, expressed and, uh, and and you're right it's happened before and uh, and and once the and once the suspension was over with the the story was pretty much over with and. That won't be. The, that would not be the case here because of the timeline and because of the um, the, the 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 way the the wheels grind and you know in, in, in these matters it's, it's it is going to go on forever. But but at least it would it would show that uh, that Kansas was you know paying attention and and, and needs needs to do something about this. I, um, or at least shows that that it's it did pay attention and and I think that that would be a, a good. You know, a good thing to have had happen for Kansas. Now, to to your first point, I think one of the one of the more fascinating uh, revelations uh, in terms of conversations between bag men and and coaches was the one between I, I think it was Gasnola and Bill Self when uh, when they were talking about uh, I believe it was uh, Silvio, um, and it did mention other schools. You know, the South. Duke UNC do it and and Kentucky yeah. too right yeah just and, to be clear it was the text message uh, they were talking about the extension the planned extension that KU had signed with Adidas that was twelve years and so uh, Gasnola was thanking Self for that and then they went on and uh, and, and went to discuss hey uh, you know that Bill Self said that's how it works at UNC because Gasnola had said hey uh, I feel like 
Adidas should take care of Bill Self in Kansas number one. That's that should be the most important thing. And and Bill basically responded and said that's how it works at at Duke and Carolina or whatever it was. Okay. Thank. Well, thank you for that. that's a, that's a good clarification. Uh, so, um, and, and again, and, and to address another point that you made uh, on the on the again on the timeline factor, the, the first assistant. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the first assistant coach hasn't gone to trial yet. Um, that I don't believe that occurs until February. Correct. Um, Correct. Well, into the, I'm, I'm, I think that's right. So, I mean, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be talking, you know, we'll be heavily, heavily into bracketology uh, when the first of the assistant coaches, you know, stands trial here, and uh, and, and 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 who knows what's going to be heard from uh, from an assistant coach who's, you know, who, who who's been arrested, who is likely going to cooperate with with federal authorities and um and and and, and we'll we'll get you know we'll get a lot more information about what what goes on in college basketball and you know to, to, to circle back you know to to another point that you made earlier that um to to um to have an impact on the the, the glamour programs the impact uh, of college basketball when the when this kind of uh, uh, news uh, has, has an effect on on the glamour programs, the money making programs for you know for not only for college basketball but for the NCAA and the popularity of the NCAA tournament, I do think about what the NCAA and Mark Emmert's move is going to be, you know, beyond the, the formation of the Rice Commission, the Condoleezza Rice Commission that suggested uh, you know some changes, including. Um, you know, ha- having earlier and, and more often, uh, you know, um, conversation allowing athletes to have these conversations with agents earlier in their careers, um, having USA Basketball, a national organization, have a much greater influence on on the grassroots level of amateur basketball. Um, I think there were some good ideas expressed there, but I don't, I, I really don't think anything that I heard uh, recommended by the. Uh, changes by the by the uh, the Rice Commission is going to end this. Uh, what, what what's been you know revealed uh, you know in, in the in the New York courtroom here in the last um, you know last few weeks. So I think I think there's a time of reckoning approaching for college basketball and for the NCAA and how it how it wants to handle this. And you know does it redefine itself? Does it redefine amateurism? And don't for a minute think this doesn't happen in football. It absolutely happens in football, uh, where um, uh, with, with, with grass, you know, grassroots level football now, uh, agents and runners are involved, and consultants are involved, and shoe companies are involved, and um, it, it absolutely happens in those two sports, in men's basketball and in football. It's just that uh, you know, at the moment, uh, we're we're talking we're talking KU and we're talking you know college basketball. So um, it's I think we're maybe at the doorstep of an evol- you know, of an evolution uh, or you know that evolutionary change in in the way that amateur uh, basketball is administered is um, you know maybe and maybe go as far we go so far as changing the definition of amateur uh, or or eliminating the idea of the amateur and I, you know another piece of news that occurred today in addition to the closing arguments in New York was the G League um you know the NBA's minor league announced today that that uh, it, it uh, you know it's going to make itself available for the 18 year old uh, the non 
you know, the, the non one and done player or the player that doesn't want to become a one and done in, in college basketball, but wants to get paid right away. And they're going to have a specific amount of $125,000 a year contracts for, for some of these uh, kind of top prospects. So they don't have to go to college. And of course, that's another um, uh, supposedly another remedy to the, the, uh, the, the black market economy of, of college basketball. Yeah, Deadspin had an interesting article this week, uh, but I don't know if you got to check it out, but uh, exactly talking to what you spoke to, which is the NCAA's definition of amateurism and how it's changed over time. And uh, the argument has kind of always been that if you pay these players to to play, that the interest in these games and these teams and these athletes will go down. And over time, as that amateurism has changed from just room and board to room and board and laundry money to room and board and now a stipend, uh, the interest and level and uh, everything has not changed. In fact, it's only increased with college athletics. So I think you're right. We're at a breaking point yeah. with that, that uh, that is probably going to have to be changed, that this is going to have to become more of a professional league. And uh, it doesn't appear that the fan base is maybe you lose some people. And I think I've, I've heard from enough KU fans out there that um, really didn't know that a lot of this stuff was going on or, or at least chose to not believe that it was or, or hope to turn the other way or hope that, you know, um, that, that KU was a program that, that would, did not have to use some of these methods that are alleged to have to get athletes. But I, I think as that's gone on, it, it, it there might be some um, frustration among KU fans or some people just let down that this sort of thing happens. But uh, KU's best defense in all this, as we've mentioned, is just that this is I think I've heard the term, this is the price to play poker. You know, this is what happens at the top level uh, of college basketball. And while KU continues to be in the headlines because they are the ones with the evidence that are coming up in this federal court case, uh, their best defense is basically looking around and saying, hey, uh, yeah, you know, maybe, but this is kind of how the system works. And it's an unjust system because of what the NCAA set up. So that might change things, as you said, at the NCAA level, which could perhaps help things with the game. So that these type of activities or at least receiving some sort of money for kids that need that or families that need that will be less of an illegal activity and more of something that, that can be provided given how much money that these kids bring to their schools. Well, and maybe and, and maybe more uh, information will be revealed as the, you know, as the trials unfold over, over 2019 and, uh, and, and maybe beyond uh, and, and, and other, other programs will be implicated. I, I I agree with the thought that um, Adidas isn't the only, you know, uh, not the only uh, program or the only, the only shoe company uh, doing this or involved with this. And, and the Design Williamson case is probably going to reveal that to be true. Um, he didn't, you know, he ended up going to a different, um, you know, shoe company sponsored uh, university. Um, I, I imagine, uh, you know, I, 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 I won't say that there was a bidding war for him. All, all we know was the, the, you know, what was said at the trial was that, uh, you know, do what it takes to get him, and it, and that still didn't work for Kansas in this case. So he ends up at Duke, and, um, and so I let I let others draw their own conclusions there. So, um, but it is a look. It's a it's, it's kind of it's a sad time. It really it really is, and. Um, but it's a sad time because especially where we are, um, because the, the importance of Kansas basketball to, you know, to, to the fans of, of that program, it's a, you know, it means so much to, uh, to, to those that follow KU. And, and I, I know that you, 
you said it a moment ago. I think there are um, probably a lot of fans hurt by this and and um, and, and angry, upset, and I, I'll be curious to see how they react, what their reaction is to to all this, because it's still all pretty fresh. The the the, the courtroom, uh, the testimony, and um, I, I don't know if we've we've gauged fan interest or or really the public. We've, we've seen some national media people chime in, but. I just wonder how the the Kansas rank and file fans feel about this and uh, what their um, what their emotions are during all this. Yeah, I think many of the vocal ones are people that maybe had an understanding of it, but I think there are, you know, you get the wide range, the wide spectrum. You you get the super rabid by all the recruiting website stuff fans, and then you get you know, hey. My, the grandmother, you know, the 85-year-old grandmother who watches uh, the games with you or, or you know, she, she calls her grandson in to, to watch every single basketball game. That's what they share together. <laughs> you know, those sorts of things. It's like I, I don't think 85-year-old grandmother is in tune to, you know, the uh, the black ops nature of the Adidas thing. So for Katie to kind of be, <laughs> right. continue to be brought up in this sort of thing and to maybe have this more – um, out there than it was in the past. I, I don't, I, that's obviously not a positive thing for KU. And as I've said before, I, I think more than anything right now for Kansas, this is just a bad look. I mean, there's really no way to get around it. It's bad publicity. It's been bad publicity for, for day after day after day. And they've kind of gotten roped into this thing as collateral damage because they are not a party in this right now. Like it's it's the government versus the defense, but KU doesn't have any lawyers at the table, if that makes any sense. Um, but, right. But, but, no, but, you're right. But for Kansas, it's just um, – I, I will be interested because if you know Bill Self and how he's handled things in the past, um, I still remember like when the basketball team and the football team got in a fight uh, on campus. And you'll remember this from back in the day, Blair. It was a day or two later. Oh, yeah. And, and Bill Self came out in front of cameras and talked about it. And he brought Tyshawn Taylor. And he brought a couple other players. And they talked about it. Bill Self understands how this works. I mean, the quicker usually that you get out in front of these things the better it is for you publicity wise and so KU for now has waited till this trial has ended and I think that's probably a call from the actual university and not just KU athletics you know what I mean I think that's a call because they don't want to get in the way of any court proceedings that sort of thing but he's going to be available on Wednesday at Big 12 Media Day and obviously players will be uh, you know we're available last week at Media Day and um, we'll be available coming up here soon but I'm just interested to see how KU New athletic director Jeff, athletic director Jeff Long, and uh, Chancellor Douglas Gerard handle this whole thing because it is in their best interest to try to get people to think ahead or think toward the future without them worrying or moaning or bemoaning what has happened here over this court case and what's happened in the past. So I don't know how you spin that forward. Uh, and then, as you said, Blair, does Kansas have to do something to show that hey? Uh, they are disappointed in this. They they do not like that these allegations are out there. They they there has is there something that is just even symbolic that shows hey this has to come down or this has to be a punishment because uh, this is not acceptable at Kansas. Even if other people are doing it, this is not something that should be going on at KU. Will that sort of thing happen? I don't know, but I, those are the things I'm fascinated by, and those are the things I think we're going to learn here in the next couple of weeks. Well, and and it's the, the to me what's interesting is. Um, as, you, as you say, um, th- this case was obviously about Kansas, but Kansas wasn't directly involved with that, with a, with a voice at the, at the table. Um, uh, so Kansas, I, I think they're, they're going to get asked about it. They're going to have to uh, address it, speak to it. But, um, uh, but, but it, it puts, it really does put Kansas in a very awkward position. Yes. And, uh-huh. um, you know, what, what, you know, by, by, 
they're going to have to, you know, I think we're we expect them to acknowledge something that, uh, that they have never talked about. And, yes. uh, uh, and, and, and so that'll, that'll, that'll make, uh, any kind of media opportunities fascinating and can't miss, um, media coverage <laughs> when, uh, when, when Kansas speaks to the media. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Like you said, uh, basketball season's coming up. Games start a week from today, and KU is likely to be number one. So uh, not only will KU be a big story because of all of this federal trial and the Adidas and uh, all the evidence that's come out, but they'll also be a huge story because they're going to be a pretty doggone good basketball team as well. And a lot of people are talking about them for that reason, too. Well, we're going to wrap it up, Blair, for Blair Kirkhoff. This is Jesse Newell. Thanks for checking out the Sportsbeat KC podcast. Be sure to tune in for another episode next week.